You're listening to Cinema Snarks. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And we are going to tell you how we really feel. And today we are telling you how we feel about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And we're going to dive into superhero origin films. So the Cinema Snarks were back at the theater together this past weekend. Yay. <laughs> it's always a fun occurrence when yeah. we actually see the film it was together. Like a whole movie party. We had like a bunch of people. It was. If you don't know me particularly, whenever it's like a staple film or some sort of record film, if you will, I try to get as many people to that theater opening weekend as possible. He rounds uh, up the troops. Yes, for diversity <laughs> films yeah. specifically. Female leads, uh, minority leads. Earlier this year, we did it with In the Heights. Uh, you we, didn't do it with Candyman, did you? I but didn't do it. With, it's a horror little, is harder. Horror it's is harder. Hard. It's you harder. Get like a, yeah, it's hard to get a whole crew, right? You can't get a Leslie to come. No, you can't go. Can't get a Leslie. You can't get a Patrick either. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what did we do? We've done like Wonder Woman. We mm-hmm. did uh, Captain like Marvel. We did Captain Marvel. That was also for my birthday. Because, you know, if uh, another fun fact, I share a birthday with International Women's Day. And that's uh, Captain Marvel. was like my birthday about those badass women <laughs> on his birthday i mean seems fitting enough right um i'm yeah. for it <laughs> and so marvel released their first and really the first across any of them uh asian lead yay I didn't just say asian because i'm pretty yeah, sure no. they haven't done anything with any asians as the lead no. uh, i know but i mean they are gonna no. have they are about to have um the eternals with um but I mean, I don't know. I don't think an Asian is the lead there either. So he's one of, he's one of the Eternals. I mean, yes. So we have Kamal Nanjiani. If, if it's if, a yeah, Kamal in there, but I don't think he's going to be like one of the main Eternals. If I'm being honest, but he got so ripped. He got so ripped. Well. <laughs> I mean, let's if I just had say all no. the Marvel money to get ripped. I would get ripped as well. I wouldn't care if I was bigger. <laughs> I will say Salma Hayek's character is the leader of the Eternals, but I have a feeling Richard Madden is going to be the film's it lead. Seems, yeah, it seems focused on him and Gemma the uh, there you go. Gemma Chan. She's Gemma Chan. An Asian lead, an Asian female lead. For oh, yeah. Film. We are, uh, we're, I mean, to be fair, we've been pretty, not like, enough, but we've been pretty comfortable with Asian women as. Uh, love interests for a little yes. while as like sexual objects that's, always, right. that's always how um, it is really with all of the the minority women like the latina yeah. bombshells the like weird yes. lust for black women that has existed yes. from the days of slavery and then asian the the asian trophy wife trope that uh surfaced and has been there for some time now uh that's unfortunate, but there you go. But what's exciting is having something like Shang-Chi where you have lots of sexy Asian men all over the place. Lots of sexy Asian people, period. Well, uh, pe- people, period. Running like, around the screen. And and, and you have <laughs> you have an Asian, uh, you have sexy Asian men who are intended to be sexy, right? It's like, you know, they they spent a very long time just culturally and in general, and there's a very long history behind it of 
Asian men being emasculated and not, you know, allowed to be seen as sexual beings. So it is, which is crazy because hot damn with all that martial arts work, those bodies in motion i can't yeah it's... i'm for it i i actually have like a big <laughs> thing about like woo, sexy asian there used to be like an axe commercial where it was like this super hot asian dude without a shirt on and i was like this is wave of the future everyone get on board I know we're we're finally getting there where we have a few different leading Asian men right now kind of emerging, uh, which is exciting. <laughs> so finally. I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. Am I allowed to? I'm not. I should, probably shouldn't be just. Uh, is, it, is it OK if I objectify the men, too, because they aren't normally objected, objectified or is should we just like not create sexual objects out of a, a race in general? I feel like I don't know. Here I, the- I just so everybody knows, I find all of the races uh, sexy. Listen, <laughs> sexual objects all the way around. If you're not no prepared what. for thirst happening, tune out. <laughs> just tune out of any podcast or show I'm yes. involved in because I'm gonna thirst. I'm sorry. I don't. Regardless of the race, we were thirsting last week over freaking Candyman. Yeah, we're gonna be thirsting oh. this week too. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Whichever race where happens to be upon my screen, if they're sexy, I'm gonna talk about it, and yes. we're gonna talk about Simu today. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Shang-Chi is the latest from Marvel Cinematic Universe and what feels like the official start to phase four of Marvel when it comes to the films. Technically, Spider-Man Far From Home came out after Endgame. And of course, just a couple of months ago, we had Black Widow. But both of those films seemed so heavily rooted in the past that it feels like Shang-Chi with a brand new hero, a new story that is actively moving us into their next phase, feels like the official greeting to the phase four of the MCU. <laughs> We're laughing if you're watching the video. Uh, it's my uh, dog who has gotten very insistent that he be on me because I have not been home all day. But it feels a little bit appropriate because uh, he is half pug and uh, the pugs were originally the uh, royal uh, dog of the Chinese dynasties. So, uh, you know. For they were bred down. It's it's in theme. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little spug. My my spaniel (laughs) pug mix. Okay. Well, this time we are going to probably bring a little bit of the snark. We were actually quite snarky with each other right there in the movie theater as we were leaving, I will say. (laughs) We're not going to be bringing the snark to y'all, but we have differing opinions when it comes to Shang-Chi. To be clear, I did not, I didn't hate it. I just found it boring and thoroughly mediocre which i am i am in the minority i am in the definite minority uh it is very clear although my I, what i suspect is it is going um i i think when people go back and they watch it again and they're not as like excited about it in like a few years i don't think it's going to rank very high on anybody's marvel listings um i just don't it's it's just not there's nothing spectacular about it except for that bus fight 
which was sick and the music was sick in that moment everything else was like it just looked it was fine i i I felt bored while I was watching it, Larry. I got like toward the end and it was so very predictable. It like follows the beats of the hero's journey, just like beat for beat for beat for beat. So there's just like nothing surprising that happened at all. Nothing was surprising. There was like, we couldn't give you spoilers if we wanted to because. (laughs) Yes, we can. It's all pretty straight up immediately. Ren, how dare they utilize a tried and true historic <laughs> formula for an action? You know, film it would be okay for it Ren. to be. It would be okay, and they do that often. I was thinking about like, oh, so like, you know, Harry Potter does follows that storyline. Spider Man follows that storyline. Star Wars follows, but it, in those movies, uh, the characters are all very charming, and there's a lot of humor that keeps you engaged. Um, and that is the thing that is lacking in this film. Um, I d- Aquafina, oh. they hired Aquafina to be their like sidekick, comic relief, and I don't think I laughed at her genuinely even once. I perhaps chuckled. I I couldn't name even one joke from the movie. Yeah, I think. So part of it was somebody I was listening to one of my French reviews and they were they do like suggestions for other films to watch um, based on the current film they're reviewing. Mm -hmm. And so many of her suggestions starred Aquafina because she was suggesting a lot of Asian Hollywood films. And I definitely think that's a problem. So that's just a general thing for me right now is that. She's Every Asian film that Hollywood comes out with has yeah. Aquafina in it, whether it be The yeah. Farewell, whether it be Crazy Rich Asians. Aquafina yeah. is just, she, th- she gets have... cast in literally every single Asian also thing. She doesn't have much of a range. She's well, kind no. of the same thing every time. She's there, just. So there like... was a glimpse here. So there's a scene where she has like this heart to heart with Shang-Chi. And I just wish we kind of got more of that from her because I do think she's very good when she's allowed. Well, not when she's allowed. Cause I she think was, yeah, she's spectacular in the farewell. She that pulls was, it back yeah. and does tap in. I think she's one of those comedians who you are kind of like Melissa McCarthy. When you see her doing these terrible comedies all the time, you're like, ah, but the actress is there. Like, yeah. and I feel that way. Cause we got a glimpse of it in this film. And like you said, we saw it in the farewell. I feel like Aquafina could really diversify her profile and then make her comedies maybe more fun and mm-hmm. seeing her return to that more fun if she would just do the serious a little bit more. And and her comedy is very, there's not a lot of, you can't really change it up with her comedy. She has a very specific, specific style. Mm-hmm. And you you don't have a lot of range within that style of comedy that she presents. So she's she she's the same in yeah. virtually I everything did, she does. I just haven't found any of it to be like, you know, I, I tend to really appreciate things that are like clever jokes, clever wordplay and stuff. And a lot of her comedy is in like delivery. She's not like I wouldn't call her a witty commun- com- uh, comedian. It's more about like her style and her like boisterous way of being that makes her funny which is 
I don't find that funny. I, I see her as humorous. I can see that she's like supposed to be a humorous person, but I just haven't gen I the the thing I liked her best in so far, like funny wise, I enjoyed her in Raya. Um, and I also really enjoyed the farewell. Um, but just yeah, has, I, just, I think her voice is just so unique that for voice she, work, I think it could, you know, she comes across well. Yeah, so for like Raya. Fabulous, nice, raspy voice. But yeah, yeah there's I, so, another Asian property that featured Aquafina. She's literally in all of the Asian things. And yeah. just like, okay. But so, <laughs> we have to give a disclaimer here. Ren is a superhero hater. I, I do have a bit of the superhero fatigue. H-H- E-R. I am not a hater. Uh, first of all, I have seen literally every single Marvel film uh, twice. Just because her husband forced her to see it the second time. That is not true. He didn't force me. I could have. <laughs> I could absolutely have refused. But it was it was definitely fun to like go back and revisit them and like re-rank them. But I definitely that was where I got this this kind of concept of like I think people rewatch Shang Chi and it'll be lower down. Like there's a lot of films that I feel like when the superhero films first came out, it was like really, really exciting. And it was like, oh, you, they, they're just very high energy films. And you got all these cool fight scenes and, oh, and you know, this, there's this, this big reveal and there's this thing. And there's so much happening when it first comes out that then when you watch it again, it's like quality as an actual piece of film is you actually see how it is as like a story. And you're like, oh, this is not, as good as I thought it was, huh? Like I, I think um, one of the big ones that I was not as big of a fan of was um, like I remember Spider Man um, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people liked it a lot, a lot when it first came out, and I liked it when it first come out, came out, and Patrick really liked it, and then we rewatched it, and it was like, oh, that was fine. That was yeah. kind. It's kind that of one like was always kind of mid for me to be honest. Yeah. Um. So I just think there's like a big level of like initial excitement and like you know it also kind of like sucks because like I I'm I'm happy that they I don't know I feel conflicted about this. Let me tell you how I feel. Okay. I'm glad that they're making movies about women and people of color. I find it fucking stupid that I had to wait for ten years f- f- through of men just white men movies before they did this and like that was something that I kind of like thought was a little bit weird so one of the things that I kind of like just rubbed me the wrong way about this film was that of the only uh, other than the like post-credit cutscenes, the only other Marvel character from the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe that they interact with is Wong the only other Asian in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe so like that to me feels a little bit like i don't know if tokenism is the word but it feels like they're kind of like this is our asian film see we're doing an asian film look we have the other asian and he's here in our asian film and it's like you know that's that's not that's not the point that's not what we want we don't want just asian films well technically abomination was in here too but is abomination asian because he was Tim Roth in the... Yeah, no, he's not Asian. I'm just saying, technically, uh, the other oh. Avenger, uh, you oh, know, Marvel character. Oh, you're talking about character. the other one, I guess. <laughs> Hardly. Technically, Anyways. I mean, 
Um, I go just they say, changed um, his look though. Even I don't know. I've, it yes, took me a second all... to even. He looked different. I don't know. Tim Roth was yes, him again. I didn't know until Patrick told me that he was supposed to be Abomination. I was like, oh, that's okay, great, sure. Very weird. Um, Very anyways, strange yeah, cameo. I, I think uh, we don't want uh, racial bubble films. We want yes. to be okay with. I want him to be. I want hot Asian leads because they're hot and they're good actors and they fit well into the character and they have chemistry with the person that is playing opposite them. That's what we want. I don't need an Asian culture film because <laughs> I can watch Crouching Tiger, Hand and Dragon, which is fantastic. And it's all Asian actors, Asian director, Asian production crew. There's China has plenty of film options. If I just want to watch an Asian film about Asia. Um, so I, I, that just felt, it just felt a little weird for me that like, we're going to put Wong in here. Look at us. Especially, Cause then it like reminds me of the fact that then they, they also cast their Buddhist, uh, um, the ancient one is a white lady, which was very weird and strange at the time. And still very weird and strange weird just and reminds strange. me of what they did not that long ago. Um, so that, it was just a, that was very strange to me. Um, they did throw a Ben Kingsley in here, which I think is funny. I don't know if Ben King Kingsley is Asian. I know he played Gandhi in a film, but I don't know I don't if that was. So obviously he's British, but I, his, <laughs> his like he... actual heritage. I, I looked it up once before because I, I also was curious. I think um, he might be, but I you just I, He's either Middle Eastern or because I don't know if he's actually Indian. Because uh, I don't yeah. think he's Indian when he played Gandhi, to be honest. Uh, his his father is Guajarati. Okay. So he is he is half Indian. Okay, great. Okay, Excellent. perfect. Great. So, so Asian. There we go. We have another Asian in the film, but who not is a, a, a direct tie-in to a previous Marvel film. Yes. A, an apology. An apology. An apology. <laughs> to how badly they butchered that character previously, yeah. uh, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed that they were self-aware to be like, oh shit. Uh, we're actually introducing the Mandarin now. Um, maybe we should address what we pulled before. Uh, yeah, but uh, so Shang Chi. One thing, obviously, everybody is talking about with this film is the action, and that was part of what we started with. So, for the first half of the film or so, we are pretty martial arts heavy mm. with the action we and we go through actually several different styles of martial and, arts and simu Lui, lu 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 uh simu liu yeah simu liu uh he's like an action star and he is like sick he's it's incredible um so <laughs> this is where i'm gonna whine again are we are we would you like to continue with your i don't want to interrupt you about the martial arts thing where i uh, criticisms no, I think I think it's just uh, I like that they displayed more than just one style. We got the I, I'm no trust me, I am no martial arts expert. And when we were discussing yeah. what we were going to talk about today, um, outside of a couple of the staple films 
uh, martial arts films are probably a pretty big blind spot for me. Um, so I couldn't tell you, but we get the more dance style, the real flowy martial arts mm-hmm. several times. Cause that's kind of like what they decided tallow was going to be. And then yeah. like on the bus scene, we get a much more aggressive, like, you know, stylized form as well. So, so. someone will probably correct me. Cause I might be totally wrong, but I think, think that my my understanding and I again I don't know a lot about martial arts um I believe that there's like a form called Aikido which is kind of based on that idea of using your opponent's force Mm. against them um and it's not like against it's you know it's like a balance sort of a thing and I could totally be I know that that is the (laughs) rough that is my rough I've never done Aikido understanding of it that somebody explained to me probably a decade ago and I'm I may have been Maybe we're misremembering. So just go ahead and correct me for uh, sure if I'm wrong. I did think that that is neat, right? That they took some different styles mm-hmm. of of martial arts, arts fighting, um, and and yeah. I, the but the, other than that, I the choreography and the action in the bus scene was very very cool, and the music that went along with it was also very very cool. Um, but outside of that, uh, I just didn't feel like there was anything very new or interesting that was happening in terms of the choreography. And like, I, I was very into um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and Hero and House of Flying Daggers. And I, I watched all of those kind of magical martial arts fighting films that came out around that time period. Um, so it was just like, I, I don't know. I, I think overall, I, I, this is gonna, I, so I said it in my, I said out, out in outside of the movie theater and I knew it when I said it was one of the most pretentious things I could possibly say mm-hmm. about a film. It felt very derivative. The whole film felt very derivative. There just didn't seem to me to be really anything particularly original or innovative or different or exciting about this film. And that's, that's what I think was the biggest kind of like boredom factor for me is that it was just like okay um you know like we talk about like gore right <laughs> this is just kind of relate it back like there's only so many places that you can kill people but sometimes you watch a movie and they come up with these really creative ways of ripping people apart and like there's only so many times you can, so many ways you can throw a punch but i know a lot of people who could tell me that there are tons and tons of different ways and the, and you know you you watch fight scenes sometimes and you're like ah oh, that's so cool but like i you know they fought on the scaffolding outside of the building okay like i that's haven't seen that before friend. i see this is what she is wild and out that scene on the outside of that building was so good it was fine it was amazing that the bus scene both the stellar. bus scene was cool but the bus scene was like the bus scene was in was innovative i've never seen fighting on a bus right where you have this it's tiny and then you have all of these people who are in there with them and then you have this weird dude with his camera that's recording it and giving commentary that's like humor on the side that was probably one of the most entertaining points of the entire film that and that was like yeah i i enjoyed the film a lot like at the very beginning and i think it really just i felt a lot like i just wasn't i was not carried along with it by the end and it was like okay i guess we're fighting giant cgi monsters now we could do that and then when no marvel film has taken us into fantasy like this film has that third act is a pure fantasy film so it it transforms here's what sucks 
I loved that fantasy world and I am upset I didn't get to spend more time like mm-hmm. there with all those cool creatures. Like I really wanted to know what all of those things were and what oh their gosh, little like yes. powers are I mean, and like how them. they operate with this community. Yeah, like that's for two hours. <laughs> if you're gonna make me sit there for two hours, I need to be entertained for two hours. And I was not. And I yeah, that was another like magical moment. I, it just felt like a lot of like man 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 all right, I know what's happening. Followed by, ooh, that's a very pretty visual. <laughs> oh, look at those cool creatures. Like, that was like a highlight, definitely. Um, I, but yeah, I, I wish they had spent a lot. I, and they could have absolutely spent way more fucking time in that world. I understand that it's like expensive if you're going to do all of that stuff. But like, they, you know, they, it, they end up in this world. There's, you know, and he ends up, he spent some time training in that world. Like, there could have been so much more of the like, training and origin story part of it um and i think that's another of this film is his family sure you have to focus on trying to build and establish the dynamics of the family members so him to his sister and him to his father and even his father to the sister even though that one's the least explored so so that that, i just have a lot of i have a lot of complaints about the film the family dynamic is the for I think the problem with me for the family dynamic is I don't really understand what the problem is. They're very vague about like the back there. They tell the backstory of what happened in these flashes as if they're going to reveal something interesting and it's not interesting at all. It's just like you think it's his mother died and his dad was upset. And so went back to being the like power hungry monster he was before he met the mother. And then his son was trained as an assassin and has those skills too and decided he didn't want to do that life. But now he's like apart. I don't know. Also, like it's weird. I, I don't know how many spoilers I can give you. Like, I just don't understand. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. He shows up and his dad is like, I knew where you were the whole time. Well, what the fuck was the point of the first hour of this movie then? Like, if you just knew where he was, then we weren't running from him and there wasn't a thing. He was never going to hurt you. Like, they made it seem like he was this super lethal evil guy. And then he shows up and he's like, I always know where my children are. He's like, dad, he's not really this like (laughs) terrifying presence. And I don't, it also doesn't seem like at any point in the film that he's like, gonna kill his children which is kind of the implication at the beginning Mm -hmm. it really just seems like he'll kill anybody else but he really does seem to like love his children so like a lot of the tension of the like i don't know problem of it it's also just weird because he's like i'm gonna kill my father because my father is responsible for my mother's death somehow i don't know the logic was just like weird i didn't really follow the like family i mean just because he loved them he was still abusive to his children uh, very much so. Sure. Neglectful and abusive. Um, sure. Particularly mentally abusive. Um, sure. Sure. So there was already that resentment. And it was, I mean, he blamed his father because of his past deeds and that whole thing. I don't know. Um, well, okay. So, but like, it just doesn't make any like logical moral sense. Right. So he's like, it's my dad's fault because he did things in the past. And then those people came and killed my mother. And then my dad killed those people who killed his mother because they killed his mother because he killed their guys back then. And it's like this, like, it's this endless, like what 
either you have a moral compass or you don't. And it doesn't seem like there's a very clear moral compass there. Um, the other big problem is that adorable. I find Sima Liu, Liu, Liu an, as an adorable human being. He is not interesting as a character whatsoever. He's very cute. He's very sweet, but like there's just his story is way less compelling. You have the, the story, the two stories that are really interesting to me. I want to know about his fucking sister, yes. his badass sister. Her story sounds way more interesting. I don't give a fuck about Shang-Chi. And that was another like weird thing for me is that it seemed like it seems like she is arguably better than him. <laughs> she figured out how to be just as good a fighter as him by herself without any help and when she escaped she started a fucking empire while her brother <laughs> lazed about and was a valet for decades so like she's just way more interesting as a character overall and i think that's another thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way of it's like it's another case of marvel taking the more interesting sister and relegating to her like the supporting sister role that's um, definitely yeah i think that's a definite valid negative um so that because well, they also they establish her really interesting like she probably would be my favorite character in this film but they they stop focusing on, on her very much like as we move yeah. forward after she's introduced she gets a large intro and yeah. then she kind of tapers off to be a very background character where it feels like even in the climax mm -hmm it feels like they should at least be some sort of team. Like yes. it should be like a team up kind yes. of situation. And it's not really a team. Like she's still yeah. just there to support him. And in it, it seems like they should the mission. be, it seems like they should be a team except, well, we called the movie Shang-Chi. So we have to make him the hero. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe you should have just made a fucking movie about a, a pair of siblings. That yeah. would have been, and you know what, if they would have made that the focus of the film, I think that would have been, that would have been way more interesting to me and it would have been unique, right? You don't have yeah. siblings in the Marvel universe. You, I don't know any superhero siblings and the issues that they have together. That, that sounds like an interesting storyline to me, but this like neglectful, abusive father, family issues. I, I, um, I'm the prodigal son and I, I, I have father issues. Like how many fucking times have we seen that fucking story in the Marvel universe? And right? honestly, like, the closest we have to like heroes that are siblings is like Thor and Loki, which happen to be right. everyone's favorite pair. Like everyone loves Thor and Loki because they have an interesting dynamic. And yeah. if you were to have adapted that to where one of them isn't just like a sneaky backstabbing anti-hero, mm -hmm. uh, it could have made for a really compelling, especially with their dynamic already established in the film. Yeah. I also think there's something so much more interesting and I'm, I, it seems like I think they're setting her up for a, a show or something like that. I think I, I don't know what uh, the Ten Rings is going to be a show, a movie or there what's seems happening. Like there's but... some sort of a setup for her storyline yeah. continuing, continuing on. Um, but she does she does seem like it does seem like the relationship between the two of them could be a very, very interesting one because she certainly has a little bit more complex sort of morality going on there. She's got a different sort of like view of the world and her development is just really, she's a way more interesting character than her brother. And I think that just kind of makes it hard. The other thing is the dad is a way more interesting character. He's also an incredible actor. I think that's it's oh, maybe one of the like 
the problems there is that like it's really hard to care as much about the hero of your film who's like the main character that you're supposed to be following and connecting and like caring about his journey when the like anti-hero villain is so very engaging like every little facial expression and it's just if the energy in his body is incredible the, like Tony Long is a great actor and is, yeah I mean I guess that's one of the things I like to this is it's hard to categorize him on if we're categorizing him as a straight-up villain or what what he really is um he feels I mean, like- he, he leads got, to the the ultimate villain yeah. storyline, so got, I guess um, oh, Killmonger vibes, kind yeah. of. Yeah, a little. And I, honestly, yeah. but he's one of their best villains because that's mm-hmm. that's one of Marvel's big problems. Is so often they their villains are terrible. Like so so often they just bring nothing villains to the yeah. screen to menace and be nothing. Yeah. And here, much like Killmonger, actually, is probably the last time we saw it. Uh, we get somebody really interesting and you someone his really trauma. charismatic. Yeah. yeah. And it's an interesting thing to see this person whose entire story, what he's working toward is like out of grief. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, was, I just wanted to really quick say the other really, really awesome, very original fun fight scene that I really enjoyed was the one where he is falling in love with Shang-Chi's mother. That is, I've, I've never, I loved that they basically took this like slow motion martial arts trope and merged it with the slow motion falling in love trope. (laughs) Such a great thing. Like it's so obvious, but you've also never seen it before. And it was just so cute, right? And both of those actors were incredible, right? Like just the the tiniest little crook of their mouth and the, the communication in their eyes and you can see them falling in love just through fight moves and slow yeah. motion glances at each other. Um, uh, that, that's definitely one of the big highlight yeah. scenes of the yeah. film. Is, but that's and also it happens at the very beginning. early. It yeah, happens in the opening monologue. <laughs> I, say, I, I liked the movie a lot more at the beginning. And then I just kind of got bored and deflated. And like, I was like, I want to watch this character. I don't care about this character. I also like, I don't know. Uh, so, but yeah, so I, I think that... It, it's an interesting problem to have in a film where like I'm bored because your supporting characters are more interesting to me and I wish I was watching a story about them and the fact that they're so interesting has made now the fact that I'm watching the story about this much less interesting character more glaringly obvious to me so that I am actively now bored I'm like can we talk can I go back to the sister why isn't she fighting she can command the dragon too they both had the jade thing. They both have the same blood. Why not? I have to say, Why does he get the 10 rings? One thing. he's a boy. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. One thing that I was disappointed in is we spend the time learning that this town, this little village of Talo, um, we see it with Michelle Yeoh and her character, as well as the mother character. Who is uh, tragically underutilized. Oh, oh criminally. I mean, that's that's Marvel's thing. Get a fantastic actor and actress, particularly if they're a little bit older and have them do nothing. I mean, that's that's the Marvel trope at this point, And it's just frustrating and <laughs> I hate it. But we obviously establish they get superpowers basically from the great protector. 
in that final battle, they nobody uses them. Nobody. Yes. They they use their weapons that have the dragon scales that can take these down. But we don't see anybody bending the air and like using the yeah. powers. They're all doing nothing except for Shang-Chi and, you know, Aquafina now suddenly in a day has become Is, an expert she, marked she's woman. Now. <laughs> now she's <laughs> You're just like, excuse. I mean, what they should have done, I told somebody else this, because, you know, what they should have done for comedic effect is kind of zoom in past her, but then see that hers like fell into the water and somebody was standing right behind her. Yes. That's what they should have done, I think, uh, in that moment. Have her like trip and it goes in, it like looks like it's going to not go and then it goes anyways or whatever. Like something. Or you could have had like Michelle Yao use the, the air to push it to where it needed to go. There's a lot of things that would have made that moment yeah. a lot better because or make it was, any sense at all, right? That it was just like that one was of those one of those like, that. Do we really need to even make if her you part love of the, the hero film. story? Yeah. Even if you love this film, I feel like everybody universally was shaking their head at that at that <laughs> oh, Aquafina okay. moment because it was one of those movie moments where you're like, <laughs> "How? Okay, uh, we have to suspend all disbelief." Currently. Right. Well, it, it was right because we need we need to convey this idea of. Uh... <laughs> If you don't shoot, if you never take a shot, you'll never hit the a target. Um, yeah. Which I guess that's like her whole. I the I don't care about her storyline. It's it's <laughs> underdeveloped, and so I don't need her like succeeding at the end because I didn't care the entire time. I also don't think that the chemistry between Simu Liu and Aquafina was very good. I just like wasn't vibing. I, like they Ooh, didn't. And now they're me. talking about the seeds being laid for a romantic relationship, and I'm like, God, please, Ugh, no, no. <sighs> I don't even think they're very good as like a, a friend duo. They just don't just... have a great rapport. I, I will I, say, I did love the karaoke thing that they did a couple times in this movie. I thought sure, it was really that's, funny. That's but... a fun. So that okay. So let me give you that's that's another piece of my like uh, with this film is it's very much the Asian film. <laughs> Look, we have Chinese dragons and they sing karaoke for fun. And we only hang out with other Asians. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do a story about a great protector, though, Ren, I mean, no, what other mythical creature would it be? Sure. I, I know. I, but I also am like, is that the only? I, we had a whole conversation yeah. about this. Leah, is that the only mythology they have? I know it's not. But for some reason, that's like the only thing Americans are interested in right now are like Chinese dragons. Give us the Chinese the dragons. It's dragons, all we want. period. Again, we talked about it. It's Game of Thrones really dragons tripped off dragon mania again. Yeah. Ever since Game of Thrones got huge, uh, dragons have become the hit once but, again. So um, how but about we use the, the Chinese dragon as a gateway into the other vast and interesting stores <laughs> of their thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of years of history well maybe i mean that's what would have been interesting particularly with i mean we saw the nine tails uh Mm -hmm. and we saw the the deer with the like human face Mm -hmm. both things i think nine tails i know for sure is rooted in mythology Mm -hmm. but i think even that that deer creature is as well probably even the little pig uh bird uh chicken Mm -hmm. is probably too i'm not positive on that but uh, we could 
maybe go that route too and that's a way to start introducing it i don't know who knows if they'll do anything with any of those ever again i hope so but who i think knows? you could make bank off of a asian fantastic beasts basically yes. Could we just do like just do me a spinoff of Shang Chi? Hear how excited Graham was about that idea. He was like on board as soon as you mentioned it. He barked. He was excited for that. You want it? Come on. That's what he wants to see. He's ready for it. (laughs) Fantastic beasts, but about your history. He would actually hate it. He would sit there growling at the screen the whole time. Probably. Um, but. We were talking about this coming on to the podcast, and obviously that'll be a good segue. How do you think this ranks amongst the MCU's origin stories? So we have Iron Man, we have Thor, we have Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is an origin story for that team. Um, Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. um, Ant-Man is an origin story I mean some people are debating on whether Black Panther counts as a story or not um, it, his origin story this the thing is like his origin story kind of starts in Civil War yeah. but also it really starts when he's born he doesn't have much <laughs> of an origin story because he like knows when he's born he's the King Wakanda he's yeah, he the Black Panther and that's his job so it's yeah. like it, you don't get much of an origin story with Black Panther you just get like a yeah, just a, and I, I don't think you need one for him. A solo like I, film. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm there. I, you've explained it to me. And I got it. He's the homecoming king. with Spider Man. He's, he's already Spider Man by the yeah, time yeah, he becomes. Exactly. That's not a origin story. And like, on the one hand, I understand Marvel. Like, it, so it seems like generally what Marvel kind of did was if there was, if with the characters that we already like know their origin story, we didn't necessarily need to get the origin story. Um, but I think, I, honestly, I think, and I've, I've talked to some friends about this, that um, they actually kind of gave me the idea that I now agree with. Um, that um, that's one of, the pro- one of the problems with Homecoming and with the Spider-Man in this universe. The lack of the origin story just kind of removes him from what spider-man really was with that whole friendly neighborhood spider-man thing you don't get any of that if you get onto spider-man twitter girl they will agree with you i mean there is a war constantly about people who don't like the mcu spider-man because because he doesn't feel weighted in that spider-man origin i like tom holland i think he's adorable and i i think there's like a lots of fun moments in the film and i I enjoy i actually really think tom holland is I think Tom Holland does the best uh, with the um, the Spider-Man insight comedy. I think he kills that. I think that and this version of Spider-Man is the most entertaining with the infight things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the origin story of, of Spider-Man is really important. And I think it is I think it is one of my favorite origin stories of a superhero period. I mean, Spider-Man is one of my favorites, if not my favorite period superhero. And yeah, his whole, his whole origin story is like, it's why he's a good person, right? He's kind of a shit when he gets his powers initially. He just like doesn't really give a fuck and is just using his powers to make some extra money on the side. And he, you know, has this, Kind of Bruce Wayne sort of like, oh, Uncle Ben dies and it's tragic and you know, there's all of this. But there's also something about like 
because he's that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, he has this very grounding uh, life that he lives inside of. Whereas in Marvel, his like father figure is fucking Tony Stark, his, this r- the richest man in the world, richest, most famous man in the world. And he has, his suits are handed to him, right? Like, it's not as fun if Spider-Man doesn't develop his own sick suit and his better spider webbing and like create he unless they're toby mcguire and it comes out of their wrist yeah unless unless you're toby mcguire and you're literally a spider that has the web come out of your body uh what a weird that's weird i'm glad that i mean yeah that was a weird that was a very strange take on the spider-man powers i will say that um yeah even animated spider-man had shooters (laughs) yeah so they they decided against that with andrew garfield and to tom holland they're like no 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 we're gonna actually do shooters we're not gonna do that weird organic web i think it was was it the one of the versions one of them i thought did a good job of explaining and being like basically I it, it was my spidey sense that gave me a sense of how to create the solution I would need to make the web. I think it was Andrew Garfield. Uh, yeah, I think so. And that I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm like, yes, I, I, I will. will say. That feels like a, a valid connection. So when it comes to the live action ones, I do think Spider-Man, the original Tobey Maguire one is my favorite of the Spider-Man origins yeah. when it comes to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. However... Uh, my favorite origin is actually for Miles Morales for Spider-Man into the oh, Spider-Verse. Yeah. I just think they do such a good job of making it a coming of age movie for yeah. Miles in that film and really building up to him I, becoming Spider-Man. Attached. Yeah, I am so very attached to, Sp- to Peter Parker that of I course. was like mm, into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I don't know. And I really avoided seeing it for a very long time and then saw it and was like, oh, my God, this is this is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually incredible. I regret all of my all of the time I spent not having seen that movie. I mean, it's I understandable. It, you get attached a, to one. Yeah, totally. Sure. But I, I, it that was you're right. It's a it's a fantastic origin story. It's super fun, yeah. and it it is just an origin story, right? It's all about him. And so that was one of the things I was noticing with Shang Chi. And I said, like, I normally really enjoy origin stories. I like finding. I like that process of like watching the character grow and struggle and learn and stuff um and like just you know just to hop back to the beginning i think that might be another issue i had with shang chi is that like he doesn't really struggle very much you don't see him grow very much either it's a very slight sort of like moral family struggle but you don't see him go from i'm a totally normal human being to oh my God, now I have superpowers. Yeah, You don't see him go from, I'm, uh, you know, I I don't have any money and now I have all the or, money in the world and it's a problem. Or, or even you know. Iron Man, whose origin is much more immoral. Immoral. Yes. Where he has the money, he has the influence, mm-hmm. but he starts to see the effects of his behavior and that's yes. his origin story to become Iron Man is, oh shit, I need to... I need to pay repercussion basically to that damage I've caused the world. Um, And I have a friend who insists he really has a problem with Tony Stark does not like Tony Stark. He he thinks that Iron Man uh, effectively 
created a whole bunch of problems and never really solved anything, just kind of like mm. ignored the fact that he had sent out all of those weapons and wars and caused so much destruction. And then just like was basically morally atoning by trying to solve other problems or creating new problems and then solving those. Um, Ultron, we're looking at you. Uh, uh, but I do think Marvel spent enough time kind of being like, Tony, you caused this shit. Uh, I don't think they fully got there, though, because once again, I was like, "Mm." Wanda, I (laughs) this is a complete side note. But uh, Pepper, you should be paying for Wanda's therapy because it is completely Tony's fault uh, where she was come WandaVision. All of it can be traced back to Tony Stark and his foolery from her parents dying to Ultron who killed her brother to Vision who was also a Tony Stark creation who she fell in love with. <laughs> every, every problem in Wanda's life originated at Tony Stark. <laughs> but I mean, um, oh, the greatest thing that ever happened to her in her life originated from Tony Stark. Also, love. Um, but yeah, I was like, Pepper, you need, why ain't you helping home, girl? At least a little bit. Like, I'm come on, sure Pepper. She is. What does fucking Wanda do for yeah. money? She's clearly got like money. She got to the, I'm sure she's giving her money, Larry. They just don't like cover that part of the story where Pepper like writes the check. And is, yeah. That we sucks, need to see man. Gwyneth, we're going to need you to sit down for five minutes and just let us film Thank you writing checks. I check. don't need to see Gwyneth Paltrow on screen anymore at all, ever. She doesn't even know which Marvel movies she's in anymore. So we can just write her out. We don't need Pepper. No more Tony. No more Pepper. No more Tony. No more Pepper. I'm happy with that. But so we have that. If you watched, if you watched our ranking, though, you saw that. Yeah. Well, I mean, origin stories were pretty high. We had Iron Man very high. We had. Well, you had. I have it kind of in the middle. Captain America, the first Avenger. You loved. I love Captain America. Yes. And so, like I said. It's very clear. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is really Guardians high. Guardians of the Galaxy like is very origin. high. I think it's because an origin story is a full, it's the full arc, right? Like the sequels all kind of start somewhere in the middle. And I think sometimes if you start somewhere in the middle, it's hard to build the full arc that I crave in a story. Um, so, so then why does, where does Thor fall short then when it comes to an origin? Because he wasn't as high. Um, so you know what it is, is that Thor is like super duper powerful from the very beginning. He I gets think- him sucked away. He gets his powers literally taken from him. Away. He gets turned watched- into a human. Have you watched What If? Just, just total side note. I have not. Okay. Well, you should watch What If and we'll talk okay. about it. Okay. I, I need to watch What If. But um, um, yes. Anyway. He understands why I alluded to that. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, I'm... Uh, I love also center it on a love story. I think that's the big problem. I mean, they do with Captain America too, but they're, they have great chemistry. Like him and yeah. Peggy just have this great chemistry. And also it's not really that centered on the love story. It's, no, it's no. really more centered on like his journey and like this whole question of like a truly good man who, what does a truly good man need? And, and what would you get when you give power to a truly good man? And what does that mean? And, um, you know, and there's so much with like Red Skull and all, like, yeah. and um, Bucky, and that's that's its own separate love story. There's so much more to Captain America than just Captain America and Peggy. Um, yeah. whereas Thor is very much focused on Thor and Jane Foster. Well, which- because, and I guess that's the other thing is he he does get his powers taken from him, 
Mm-hmm. So he can't really, like, we spend a lot of time just running around Earth trying yeah. to figure out science, like, talking science nonsense. Yeah. So There's Thor not fight scenes. Fish. Yeah. Thor is more fish out of water yes. than it is, like, origin story, really. <laughs> right? Because you're, you're still, you're, it's not much of an origin story, right? Because, again, like, Thor is powerful. It's basically, he's, he's power. He's a God. He's been powerful his entire life there. It's not a new thing, really. It's a, it's a bump in his road. It's a struggle. It's a new episode in his life story as a God, as the hero (laughs) forever. Like, you know, it's, it's not really that much of a, a difference in terms of like his, you know, bumps in his road as like, he has like depression in the end of the thing. And that's like his, that's yeah. another like bump in his hero God journey evolution as like a huge, as a human, not a human, as a, as a being, being. <laughs> a God being, a human like being. being with emotions and experiences. <laughs> I know obviously Chris Hemsworth obviously bumps Thor up, but when I think of like, why is Thor my favorite character in the MCU? Like, as we're talking about, I'm like, ugh, he just goes on such a good journey. I'm sorry. Like, especially once we get through Endgame and Infinity War and compare it to the character we knew at the beginning of the first Thor, I'm like, oh, he goes through such a good journey. But <laughs> his, he, I I would tend to agree. Like, his, over the arc of the, uh, the whole thing. thing, yeah, he probably has the best. And Loki. Like, that's the thing. Loki, and too. Loki. Like, yes. especially when we account for his series, Loki goes through such a great arc. It's so Loki good. Loki is, like, that. he's he's a perfect example of the type of, like, villain that I love. Like, he's, he's my, like, Jamie, right, from Game of Thrones. It's that. Yeah. I love the, I love the bad boy who has to learn how to be a functional human being and, like, <laughs> feel things and grow. It's really, it just comes down to, like, I like a villain who is dynamic and, like, changes and isn't just, like, black and white and again, this, this, is, this is good. And, this is why we both love, like, Magneto. Magneto is the king of all of the villains. Like, I was thinking about it in terms of, like, Tony um, uh, Zhu Wenwu, um, what yeah. Liang's character in Shang, uh, Shang. Yeah. He's almost Magneto level, except except he really just does ca- crave power. Like, his his base comes from craving power and ca- comes from, like, selfishness, whereas Magneto's evil, like, always comes from this place of like no he thinks that he is doing the right thing he thinks and he has cause i right. mean he was traumatized yeah, as a child by humans behaving deplorably yep. <laughs> uh, so against people who are different <laughs> against people so i mean he hasn't understand same thing with killmonger i think that's why killmonger works so yeah. well he has cause uh he yeah. lived a life that showed him hey this is shitty and you people let us like get abused and did nothing and didn't use the power. Like you're the most powerful black nation in the world. And you sat by as we all have been like effed over by the rest of the world. Uh, So you understand their pain. Actually, Black Panther is more of an origin story for Killmonger rather than actual T'Challa. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You get a full origin story for Killmonger. Uh, And he's a great villain. These are like some of the best villains. And speaking of that, I think X-Men, I think the first X-Men is kind of an origin for both Wolverine Mm -hmm. and uh, his is a little bit more Discovery and of course Rogue, who literally we start the movie. The problem is Rogue doesn't really go on a good journey. Uh, She... (laughs) 
particularly when you take into account the other films uh she pays she actually goes back (laughs) a little bit in her development as a human um but even in that first film she's a little more comfortable by the end she doesn't go on a very interesting that's why wolverine became the deadpool sorry i just wanted to jump into great origin story great origin story that is a fantastic origin story (laughs) We also have X-Men in um, First Class, which yeah. was like a uh, origin for James and yeah, Magneto. I, 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 you know, what I really liked about that one is I uh, have, I know I've watched so much X-Men and I've heard so much X-Men and I, there's a lot, there's lots of like, like flashbacks and things you, you hear about, like how Eric and uh, yeah. Xavier like know each other and they're, you know, because there's always this this storyline that they've known each other forever. Um, but yeah, X-Men First Class was the first time that they like were like, no, this is the story. Of how, they- how do you get so lucky, just speaking on that real quick, to get two prominent characters like that, Professor Xavier and Magneto, and you do two different timelines and both actors are amazing. Like yes. you have Sir Ian McKellen and you have Michael Fassbender who are both amazing yes. as Magneto. And then you have Sir Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy who are both amazing oh. as Professor X. I mean, I think it certainly helps that you have quite a pool to select from when you're like, we're making an X-Men movie. <laughs> like I don't like, who doesn't love the fucking X-Men? Yeah. <laughs> Monsters, that's who. Monsters. <laughs> Monsters who have never felt different in their entire lives. Exactly. <laughs> like, everybody loves the X-Men. So, like, it, it makes sense yeah. to me that you would have your pick of the litter. Um, but then, when we hop over to the other side of the pond, DC. How do we feel they do just not even just the dceu so going back to batman uh 1989 we can talk about batman begins with christopher nolan superman with christopher reeves um and then of course man of steel aquaman wonder woman um i haven't i'm not going to touch on the christopher reeves supermans because i have not watched those since i was a child child i could not even begin to tell you it's really um, good until the end, until he literally just flies around the earth backward to uh, reverse time. I do remember that. Yep. That's the hot mess of that movie for me, where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. But Dean Hackman with hair, and I remember, <laughs> one thing I always remember is the the lady from Indiana Jones, yes. um, Marion in Indiana Jones, Uh knowing that Clark Kent is Superman and throwing herself into a river to force him to save her. And Clark Kent just like uses his little laser eyes. <laughs> just like, ah, like just so that she has like a log and he's like, ah, why did you do that? <laughs> I remember about Chris Ruiz. Um, but we have Batman 89, Tim Burton. Um, I love the Batman movies. I don't know if that's necessarily like a great origin film. Batman Returns is is like to me, Batman Returns is like the only thing I give a shit about in the entire DCEU. <laughs> of all of the DC films, the only one she cares about is Batman. The only Returns. one I give a fuck about. I mean, I gotta be completely honest. Like Batman Begins, even I'm like, nah, it's fine. I think Batman Begins is actually a really solid origin story. Um, it is, okay. Batman Begins is a solid origin story. I have my two gripes with Batman Begins are Christian Bale. Uh, um, I just, yeah, 
gotten a little bit better over the years. But there was this period of time where he, especially when he was Batman, where it was like every time Christian Bale is on screen for a good chunk of his, his career, it's like he is staring deeply and saying, with all of the intensity and everything and every little bit of his himself, look at me act. I act so good. I'm so intense. <laughs> Acting right now. Can you see me acting? Because I'm really good at it. I mean, that's and why he that- got roasted for that Batman voice um, yeah. that he decided to put on. He's, I mean, he was like, he's like that in every film. He's just like too intense in every single fucking film that he's in. He's just like takes himself way too seriously. And like, I just find it irritating and I don't like it at all. And especially because this is, this is what it used to really irk me. Cause I think Batman Begins came out when I was like in high school. What really ir- irks me is this fucking guy acting like he's all serious. And I haven't seen him in fucking newsies. Like, <laughs> You do not go from singing in a terrible Brooklyn accent in a newsboy cap to I'm the most serious, real, <laughs> intense actor that has ever existed. Ren, you gotta let people grow and live. Oh, sure, Ren. Grow and live, but also you can't just delete your entire existence. <laughs> what was your other thing that you didn't like about Batman Begins? Oh, um, I it's which again, it's not really like Batman Begins. So, I mean, this is a small gripe. I love Gary Oldman. And, uh, I loved Gary Oldman, and then we learned he was a terrible human being, and it made everything made me love him less. At the time I loved him, he was underutilized. The big thing really is, and this is not the fault of the movie it started the uh the gritty superhero trend that will not die the can we make this movie literally just a black screen because it doesn't matter if they see anything happening right we we need dark and we need gritty and like it basically like it it is to me, it's everything that's wrong with the modern DC universe. Like I was gonna say, particularly returns is I love the cartooniness of it. I think Tim Burton, when he was in his heyday, we, we need to do a whole I I can't wait while. for him to do a new wow. movie, Larry, so that we can do a Tim Burton roast <laughs> um show. But uh he, you know, it, he had the perfect amount of like comic book film it it had the fun of it being a comic book film of it being about cartoons on paper that have come now to life and are on the screen like i don't really need a real life version of batman i it brings up too many problems in my brain of like (laughs) talk about like batman is basically assaulting mentally ill people he's a vigilante that's like the richest man in the city that's like beating up and arresting people who are so criminally poor (laughs) they have to like steal to survive like don't you think you could do a lot more bruce wayne with your fucking money (laughs) than one by one you were stealing things I mean, <laughs> so that's, that's what the, I mean, so I it was fine as like a it's fine as like a, a vision, right? Like Christopher Nolan had a vision for that yes. film, and it was new and, and a whole it, trilogy. Yeah, and it was, it, it was. I still prefer the Tim Burton version, but it wasn't. I didn't hate it. Um, but yeah, but I definitely it is. It is the origin story of why DC fucking sucks. <laughs> I've not been able to escape since. Like uh, yeah. they they saw that success. Well, 
Wonder Woman is also a fantastic origin they've, story. They've kind of, yeah, they started to get away a little bit recently. They finally, have, I think they're like with Suicide Squad. I feel like they're starting to get more of that balance. Shazam, like fun and bright, oh, yeah. but also a little bit of stakes. So Shazam is, a, I think, a really fun origin story. I, I like Shazam a lot. I know DC fans have turned on it because it's a little bit too bright and cheery, I think. Um, Who are uh, these basement <laughs> dwellers? I, I like basement dwelling way too seriously come out into the light guys <laughs> it's fun out here with the colors and the things Some grass <laughs> um, yeah so we had wonder woman which i adore and i think wonder woman was able to to balance that pretty well of like still having that dc feel in mm -hmm. some of the aesthetics but still feel hopeful <laughs> that was kind yeah. of her whole film was hope and <laughs> humanity <laughs> being good I don't think uh, you need that dc feel like it just really it feels like um my problem with man of steel have you seen man of steel is it the first one yeah the first one yes. with henry cavill yeah, yeah. And that's uh, like watching the first one, like watching Wonder Woman made me really feel like this is how I should have felt watching Man of Steel mm -hmm. is hopeful about humanity. Like that is the underlying idea what? of Superman is this hopefulness and yes. leaving Man of Steel. I don't feel that. I don't feel oh. hopeful. I feel like I just watched Batman in a Superman suit. <laughs> right. So like, that's the thing. So I, I generally... I'm not as big of a fan of Superman, um, just because I, you know, <laughs> complaining about basement dwellers. I like my shit a little darker. I like <laughs> a little bit more complication. There, Superman is is overpowered, right? Like he's Ugh. super powerful. There's only one thing in the world that can stop him, and it's the same thing they use every fucking time. It's never. It's <laughs> kryptonite bullet to kryptonite <laughs> arrow, kryptonite fog, kryptonite beam. It's like. Yeah just this special thing we blocked out the sun every once in a while they block out the sun um but yeah he's just so powerful that uh there's not a lot besides like he's been like weakened and like as a person he's just not a very complicated or yeah. like you know I, I my original you know i watched christopher reeves but i'll be honest i think the core of my understanding of that of superman comes from uh, uh lois and clark the new adventures of superman with yes. uh, terry hatcher mm -hmm. um and very handsome man i can't remember the he, name of right now uh, well he's trash so that's fine oh is he, he is uh, a trash human being so he was a hot guy in the 90s he, he who shall not be named because he has turned to garbage much like most of those 90s icons yes hercules i'm looking oh, at you Kevin sorbo what a disappointment at least lucy all the i was way. gonna say good thing i always <laughs> like to see no more <laughs> was better i mean i like the thing i liked about hercules is that hercules stayed way more in the like actual mythology even though it wasn't really in it but it was like actually in the mythology and xena had it was whoa it's own other okay. story going xena xena went xena lesbian was, we're good xena lesbian xena had way more like Fun. conflict and stuff the storyline was way more interesting it like went on and into like it had arcs over the course of the season yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways we're off topic anyway enough um, about trash dean kane trash, and yeah, kevin so, sorbo but yeah but that was like that was that it's 90s right it was very bright colors and it was he was a very he was just a good kind person and that was what was great about superman and that's what makes i mean superman has to be this good kind wholesome midwestern boy 
for us to feel safe with the fact that he has all of the strength yeah. of the entire universe in his body. Um, so that to me, I think it was the problem with Man of Steel is that you just didn't convey any of that goodness. I mean, like he let his dad die. Like, I mean, and I know his dad says it, but it's just so out of character. Like, there's so much I have a problem. Like, Man of Steel. (laughs) People love that film. It's not the worst DC has offered. Um, They they got some worse stuff that came down the pipeline after Man of Steel. But it just isn't Superman to me. I'm sorry. I, I much will prefer the Christopher Reeves version. Not that Brandon Routh version, though. Superman Returns is trash. Uh, <laughs> That's the first movie I remember seeing and being like, this is garbage. <laughs> that one, way worse than Man of Steel. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, that movie and trash. then the next one was The Village. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <laughs> Superman, he's just, yeah, he's a tough character to get down. And I mean, his origin story is somewhat interesting, like an alien whose planet is destroyed and is sent down to Earth. His <sighs> his story is more interesting, like outside of that movie, uh, which is there. And there, they, you know, in his lore, there's way more interesting stuff happening than they end up putting into the storyline in the Man of Steel. And of course, at this point, when it comes to Batman, when it comes to Spider-Man, I know it's hard because we know their story inside and out. Like we've had several films to show it to us. Plus we've had cartoons that have showed it to us. We know, we know who's going to die. We know how they become who they become. But as you said before as well, it really shapes their character. And it really identifies who they are as people, both Bruce Wayne and uh, Peter Parker. And it becomes tough to really root that character if you try to skip that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think that's maybe the problem with having three different Spider-Man in 20 years and five different Batman in 20 years. I will say that the, um, the Christopher Nolan Batman really leans into the that the uh, the aspects of the origin story mm-hmm. more than any other version yeah. of that and i think it's why i like it also Killian murphy is a great villain that was so underutilized i think a little bit and forgotten as scarecrow but criminally underutilized scarecrow is a fucking terrifying villain and they and he does visually he does some great things in that movie to like give you the scarecrow thing but then we have Katie Holmes, who is terrible. But uh, I'm sorry, she just is not good in Batman Begins at all. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, they replaced her promptly with Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Dark Knight because... <laughs> I thought it was because she was a crazy Scientologist and they I mean, were like, we're over that. Pretty much. Uh, she's back now. She's she's kind of working, but she's I'm not a great happy actress. For her. I'm happy that she got out of that cult. It is yes. a terrifying, terrifying thing. Good for her. But yeah, so hero origin stories are a little bit difficult, as you heard. We don't we're all over the place on whether they're good. Some are terrible. Some are good. Some are bad. I, I think it just depends. Depends on the the filmmaker. It just depends on the the movie itself. And what we all can agree on is that Simulio is fine AF and <laughs> Aquafina. Tony Lung. Lung. Tony Lung is also Tony Lung. 
is a uh, fantastic actor. Fantastic actor. And Aquafina is overutilized. <laughs> Aquafina spoke for us all when he had, was forced to take off his shirt. And she was just like, oh, what the hell is this? Um, what to your shirt? I've never seen you like this before, sir. Uh, <laughs> that was ugh, that was an excellent. It was also a good shot, right? Like, I'm all about that, like, the hip line. <laughs> His oh, role. give me that hip line. There it is. Listen, yeah. So that's that's what we'll agree on here. Otherwise, uh, the opinions on this podcast are all over the place when it comes to Shang-Chi. Fairly on. Uh, yeah, Shang-Chi. We seem fairly like, no. on, like the origin stories. The origin more. stories were a little bit more similar. She likes Captain America more than I do, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> and I like Shang-Chi more than she does. So there you go. We're, we're just on the opposite ends there. <laughs> Don't well, you're racist in the comments. It's definitely <laughs> going to happen now because I didn't like Shang-Chi, but I did like Captain America. Whoop. Uh, <laughs> well, wherever you are listening, make sure to rate us, follow us, leave us reviews. We are now up on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Yay. Uh, so the more ratings we get, the more reviews we get, the easier we are to find for new listeners. So it's greatly appreciated for uh, to help us out. And obviously we'll love you at least for a little bit. Can't promise for life. Sorry about it. <laughs> but we All want love the world to give. I love you as long no, as no, you no. deserve We'll love. love you. We'll love you for now. Um, Just don't but, be a D-bag. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll turn on you quick. Don't worry. <laughs> But leave us those ratings, leave us those reviews. If you're watching us, uh, our video version on the YouTube channel, Chili Boy Productions, make sure to leave your comments down below. What did you think of Shang-Chi? Did you love it? Do you also not quite understand the hype? And what are some of your favorite superhero origin stories? Leave all of that in the comments, or you can hit us up on our Twitter, Cinema Snarks, or our Instagram, also Cinema Snarks. Ren, where can they find you if they want to come at you specifically? <laughs> Man, they will. At Ren Manly on Twitter and at Poo 13 on Instagram. Perfect. And you can find me at ChiliBoyYT on Twitter and ChiliBoy Productions on both YouTube and Instagram. And make sure to follow and subscribe to Ren's uh, theater. Yeah, Audacious Theater. Actually, I was like excited because I remembered Unbreakable is oh, another okay. awesome origin story. Sorry, I thought you were going to talk about Audacious, um, but you know, Unbreakable is good too. We can talk about it more when we talk about another horror film because we're doing our uh, Lady Killers uh, horror serial killer immersive experience in Denver. Mm-hmm. More relevant. Yeah. Audacious so. Theater, if you're interested. Sign up for that newsletter, buy tickets, go see the show. <laughs> Well, that's all we have today. Thank you for getting snarky with us. And we can't wait to talk to you 